Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Well, folks, we've made it to pastoral priority number seven. Here we are. I want to talk to you today about wedding, funeral, and hospital responsibilities. Let's ask for the Lord's help, and let's dive in. All right, Father, these tasks have, like so many other normal biblical tasks in pastoral ministry, these have fallen out of favor also. And somehow or another, um, these have been looked at as activities getting in the way of ministry and My goodness, save us from that. Holy Spirit, lead us into thinking about these things properly. Weddings, funerals, hospital responsibilities. They may not be very glamorous in our eyes, but my goodness, this is a great place for the finished work of Jesus to be applied and pushed in and just a place for us to weep with those who weep and celebrate with those who celebrate and simply be present with our people. And so just lead and help me as I talk about these things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this priority... Clearly, when we're talking about weddings, funeral, hospital responsibilities, we're going to need to break this up because it's a collection. It's not just one aspect or one priority. It's a collection of subcategories that is just ancient in a staple of pastoral work, not just through the decades, but down through the millennia from the early church and even back into the priesthood of priests in the Old Testament. This work of of caring for people has just been a staple of the work. And so what I'm going to do is break out some bonus podcasts coming up. I'm going to talk about weddings, specifically premarital counseling, and then talk about the ins and outs of even just the ceremonies, uh, wedding ceremony, and and how to approach these things. When I was early in ministry, I was so confused about all of that. And so I want to help you out with that, even talking about licenses, like, like wedding license from the county courthouse, those sorts of things. And then hospital or funeral responsibilities. How do you do a graveside, who to talk to, how can you get insight from family members, and how to deal with grieving people in in situations that require you to come in and and do a funeral. And then uh, hospital responsibilities. This would also include like home visits, shut-ins, bringing communion to shut-ins, those sorts of things, and just spending time with people who are sick. I spent some time as a hospital chaplain. And there are tactful and less than tactful ways to be in a hospital room. So I want to help you out with that and just give you some practical how-to podcasts that will hopefully answer some questions that you may have about those areas of ministry. But first, I just want to sell you on the priority of these tasks. This is pastoral priority number seven, and it does not need to be neglected. And I just really want to plead with you to not see this, these activities as getting in the way of real ministry. If you're going to view something as getting in the way of ministry, view administrational work, organization, logistical stuff, vision casting, those sorts of things. If you're going to view something as getting in the way, not that those things are not important, but if you're going to view something as getting in in the way of the real work, view those things as getting in the real work, in the way of the real work, not wedding hospital, funeral, those responsibilities. Don't ever view those as throwaway task or something that somehow, you know, like menial and does, just doesn't matter. Those things do matter because then you're in a place of crisis and deep human hurt. And that is where care needs to be brought. I want to give you two examples that I've seen just front and center and I've actually fallen into 
errors in both ways, but I've seen these examples, and I just want to talk to you, and I think as I share these examples, you may have, you may either be familiar with them, may have experienced them yourself, or maybe actually have bought into these examples, and I want to try to plead with you not to fall into one of these two ditches. Find the middle road. But example number one is that uh, is this a mindset that's typical in the attractional church model of pastors and leaders within the church, and it, it goes like this. I don't do hospital visits. Small group leaders do hospital visits. Or other people in the church do hospital visits, but I don't do hospital visits. Or I don't do weddings. Other people in the church can do weddings. Their small group leaders can do weddings, but I don't do weddings. Or I don't do funerals. I, I have other people who do that. I don't do those things because I'm a vision caster and I'm, I lead the way and lead the charge. I work with the with the pastors of the church and the staff of the church and we equip members to do this work. But this isn't my work. Okay, So that's example number one. That's become popular over the last 15, 20, 30 years. And I want to plead with you to don't buy into that. That's just, to be honest, it's just a ridiculous notion. So don't buy into that. Secondly, the second error is to view all of your work, like everything you do is just being with grieved people. And so you just, all you do is spend time at the hospital. All you do is spend time with shut-ins. All you do. And we see from Acts chapter 6 that there has to be some delegation of the work. If it's taking away from your family, if it's taken away from preparing and preaching and prayer, then you've got to get some help doing this. But to opt out completely, it's just not an option. I just want to plead with you to don't even make that an option. You have to do this work. So the example that I've seen really sold me on this priority as being a priority is from a man I got to work with who has done at this point in his life of ministry, which is coming up on 40 or 50 years, he's he's officiated over a thousand funerals. A thousand you heard me right. A thousand funerals. He is the default call that several funeral homes make in the area when a family doesn't have a pastor or doesn't have anybody to do the ceremony. He is the default that people call. And so he's done, I mean, countless, just a over a thousand funerals. And this man had an amazing ability to come into a room of grieving people. And I would go with him and I worked with him for two and a half years. And I would walk in with him at funerals or with grieving families. And somehow or another, he would walk into this room. He would stay just the amount of time that you need to stay. He would leave just the right time. He would talk to just the right people. And this gifting on this man was just amazing. He shined. It was just astounding to walk into a room of grieving people and then have him be there and see them start to laugh. And then he'll tell stories and they just, it's just like the room comes alive. And through tears, he used to say, it, it's you can be sappy. It's okay to be sappy, sad and happy at the same time, to feel deep lament, but also to laugh. And he had a gift of doing that. And so we would go and I would just kind of walk around with him like a puppy dog and just see him and watch him. And he would go to shut-ins. And it's a, I didn't even know what the word shut-in means until I started working at this church. But there were shut-ins. There were just millions of shut-ins. We would just go to shut-ins all the time. And then this man did a grief group where for 14 years, people who had experienced loss would come in and he would just sit with them and he would talk to them and he would pray with them. He thrived in situations like that, thrived in other people's pain. Now, you may not thrive. It may not be a natural gifting to you to be in situations like that. But it is your call. It is the task that's laid upon you. These are gospel moments. This is the meat and the potatoes of pastoral ministry. God shapes us through this work. He shapes us. Now, as pastors, we are to be the example for the flock. 
as we shepherd the flock of God that's among us. In Romans chapter 12, verse 15, it tells all of the church, Paul tells all of the church in Rome, to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But particularly for pastors, this lays upon us and it requires us to be in the lives of our people in such a way we're setting the example of rejoicing and we're setting the example of weeping. So it looks like this with rejoicing. Somebody in your church had been praying about a job and praying about this opportunity that's coming up and God gave them this job and opened the door and we get to come alongside and they call us or text us or we hear this out on Facebook and we see it on Twitter or something like that. We call them up. We get to be their cheerleader. Yes! And not be their killjoy, you know, like, oh, well, all right, don't get too excited about this. No, we pump our fist in the air and we get to rejoice with those who rejoice. We jump up and down with them. We go to their house and we celebrate. And then we also, on the flip side of rejoicing with those who rejoice, we weep with those who weep. And so we are invited into other people's pain and we actually invite ourselves into the sufferings of our people. We don't just wait for them to call. If we hear something's going on, we pick up the phone. We send out a text. We show up at their house. We invite ourselves into the pain of others. So we need to make sure from the beginning, before I do these how-to episodes, we need to make sure that we're convinced that the work of being in the lives of our people in the areas of weddings and and premarital counseling as, as couples are going to make an oath before God and before each other. They're entering into a lifetime covenant with each other and before God. We want to come alongside of them. We have that authority. The state claims to have that, that authority. But we have that authority before God to walk with people into marriage. And then with funerals, our people are going to die. Like, they're going to die. People are going to lose their children. My goodness, can you just... Such painful things, and we've got to be there for them. And then with funerals, we just got to, this is a part of ministry. It's not going away. So I just want you to plant your flag in the ground and just know this is a priority in ministry. I will never opt out of doing weddings, officiating weddings, doing premarital counseling. I will never opt out of visiting hospitals and visiting shut-ins. I will never opt out of preaching funerals and gravesides. I will never do it. I may have to delegate it because the work is so much, but I will never opt out. I will never quit. I will do this work. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.